I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, everyone. It's Brian with 12-Pack Radio. Welcome back. We are in part two of our two-part series, Breaking Down the Pac-12 South Season Win Totals. We are recording with our friend Hithliday from Addicted to Quack and Quack 12 Podcast. And we went two hours breaking down the Pac-12 South, so we broke this into two. This is the second portion of that. We kind of just jump right into USC. If you haven't heard version one, you can subscribe to 12-Pack Radio on any podcast catcher. In that episode, we break down Arizona, Arizona State, and USC. So with that said, hope you enjoy the show. And keep a lookout for our Pac-12 North breakdown coming this week. Oh, South Kakalaka! Don't you dare be sour! Clap for your world-famous two-time champs and feel the power! It's a new day, yes it is! For 12-Pack Radio, get excited, y'all. Let's move from USC across. What, what, what is there a freeway that you cross, Max? What, what, what do they What do they call the? Is it the five, oh. the four or five? The I don't 10. know. The ten. The ten. The ten. Oh, it's, which is probably open finally. People actually drive through there right now. Uh, let's go to UCLA here, and I I think that. So we were talking to um, some friends at the the Pac-12 Apostles podcast, and and we we owe them a conversation which I'd like to record because I think that Rob, you and I and Max at least are on polar opposites of where George is on UCLA. I think this team is going to suck. Um, now they have an easy schedule and, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to improve by a lot. And I'm looking at what they bring back. They lose Joshua Kelly. Their wide receivers are fine. Their offensive line is fine. Like we talked about, um, they lose their linebackers and they lose their best cornerback in Darnay Holmes. And I just, I don't believe in Chip Kelly. I think he's lost it. And uh, I'm just curious to see whether or not, let's start with youth today, um, because I think all three of, of the people on this podcast are, have been kind of giggling at UCLA all throughout the offseason. What do you think this UCLA team's going to be? Is it going to be better than it was last year? And if so, how much better? Because the bar was really low. Uh, boy, you're uh, you're right. Um, the bar is really low. I, I don't really see the good case for improvement. I, I should advertise that UCLA is the Pac-12 team that I know the least about. Um, Oregon, you know, d- doesn't play them in the 2019-2020 cycle, so I haven't done film study in a long time. Um, but I am familiar enough with their returning production, like yeah, to see what the problems are. You know, they're they're losing players who made them good, like uh, you know Josh Kelly and Devin Asiasi and and uh, and Darnay Holmes and. Uh, Keyshawn Looser South uh, and they're in Chris Barnes um, and they're bringing back guys who were super problematic uh, like Dorian Thompson Robinson and uh, uh, Martel Irby's never lived up or or Casimir Allen lived up to their uh, running back you know rankings I am not a big believer in their um, defensive line outside of uh, Oda Zua um, they're uh, their defensive backs are completely baffling to me because the last time I did film study on them was 2018. I thought their defensive backs were pretty good. Um, and then in 2019, like, holy cow, they were God awful. Um, and I, I don't have a good explanation for that. You would think that that would be the sort of thing that would get a DB coach fired. Um, except instead, uh, he got promoted if going to Tucson can be counted as a promotion. Um, so <laughs> it's a wild so, world. So, yeah, I, I, I don't see a good case. I don't see any clear case for uh, this team getting dramatically better. I, and and I agree with you. I think that Chip Kelly's lost it. I, I think as long as that guy's in charge of the program and employing, you know, duds and friends like uh, Jerry Azanaro, um, that that will continue. So Max and Rob, our thoughts on UCLA have been widely recorded over a number of uh, episodes. Anything else you guys want to add before we get into the schedule? I think just based off my power ratings, I'm going to be the highest on everyone oh. or, or everyone on UCLA. And how much higher do you have them than uh, Oregon State and Arizona again? 
All right, so I have them seven points higher than Oregon State, and I have them a point and a half higher than Arizona. Is this on a like a one to one hundred scale? On a neutral. Oh, you have them seven points better than Oregon State, and I'm sorry, how much higher than Arizona? One and a half. Oh, okay. All right. That, that, but I think... also, I feel like I am really like I am much lower on Oregon State than the market. Yeah, well, we'll get I'm there. I'm with you on the Beavers. <laughs> I just think Oregon State. I just think Oregon State's going to crater. <laughs> oh man, I I love the Beavs. That was plucky. plucky I mean, I, I, I'm a Jonathan Smith fan. I think they're going to pile up some losses while they figure out all their new offensive guys. Yeah, mm-hmm. even even Tom Cruise made the Mummy. You know, you're going to have some some bad teams and some bad decisions every once in a while. And, so. <laughs> and, also, and 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 the and you guys are going to get get a gig. A kick out of this. I have UCLA as a double digit favorite over Colorado on a neutral. Oh, uh, what? <laughs> yeah. What? Oh, man. Uh, Jory Thompson Robinson? Yep. He's going to fumble the ball like eight a, times. Jerry has an arrow. I'm telling like Colorado is cupcake level for me this oh. year. Uh, hey, free ball and podcast. What's going on? Um, <laughs> so let's get into the schedule here. And, and fortunately, if you're a UCLA fan, I mean, there is a reason why the season win totals are where they are, which is uh, six, which, you know, hooray, um, and five and a half in Vegas. Uh, and that's that's because the non-conference schedule significantly lightens. You don't have to play Oklahoma. You don't have to play Cincinnati. They open on uh, August 29th at New Mexico State, or um, they have New Mexico State at home. Then they they do have to go to Hawaii, and the, the road, the road to Rome is paved with the dead bodies of people that have like teams that have played at Hawaii and lost. So be really careful when we count this uh, that game in our season win totals. They have a bye after that, and then they play at San Diego State. So two interesting um, road games to start off the season, but certainly against teams that are uh, significantly less talented. Mithliday, what do you think about this? this non-conference schedule here? Uh, I think it's interesting that UCLA plays at Hawaii and therefore could take advantage of the Hawaii rule to play a 13th game, but not even UCLA fans want to watch a 13th game of UCLA football. So they decline. Um, I, you know, I, I, I think they're going to lose two of these games. Yeah, honestly, uh, I'm not sure which two probably Hawaii and San Diego state, San Diego state was a 10 win team last year and they're playing in San Diego. Um, I don't know how much that matters. Uh, it's not that far of a drive, but still, uh, you know, I don't know what to say. I, I think that San Diego State is just straight up a better team than UCLA is at this point. Um, and, and, you know, while I think UCLA is probably good enough to finally get an out-of-conference win against New Mexico State, it would be Chip Kelly's first out-of-conference win. Um, that, like, the trip to Hawaii uh, against old nemesis Todd Graham, like, yeah, they're going to lose that game. Yeah, I, I think they lose that game. I'm curious what the numbers say, Rob, about that San Diego State game. Uh, Baderink has the Aztecs as a favorite, uh, two and a half points oh, in that game. Um, I mean, it's not huge by any stretch. Um, I mean, and I like, I wouldn't say that I'm madly in love with Brady Hoke, but uh, yeah, you know, like I at this point, like I mean, you might have a little more faith in Brady Hoke than Chip Kelly. Max, that non-conference schedule. Do you think do you have them one and two? No, I have, I have them two and one. Oh, man. It's crazy. Like, if you would have told me 10 years ago that a Chip Kelly coach team would be an underdog to a Brady Hoke coach team, <laughs> I, would have, I would have been scared. Brady Hoke without Rocky Long, too. I mean, like, uh, the, the part that made it work. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I mean, I yeah, I don't know too much about San Diego State, but even, even like, I feel like that game is going to be, like, closer. I'd have it as a pick um, just like blind get, but that's like more like I'd, I'd have to dive more into the San Diego state, but yeah, I can't imagine that UCLA is, has higher than like maybe, maybe like a true 50% chance of winning that one. Uh, Hawaii again, like beginning of the year, like Todd Graham implementing his system. I'm, I'm especially at the beginning of the year, I feel like I'm going to be really down on Hawaii and then New Mexico state. I mean, if, if, UCLA might actually have to pull off the buyout if, if, you, if, if Chip Kelly loses to New Mexico State to start off the year. So I'll go I'll go two and one. All right. The next three are Stanford at home, Arizona at home, and at ASU. I have 
I have them losing all three of these games. I just do not believe in this UCLA team. And even though they have Stanford and Arizona at home, um, I think this is where the wheels fall off, Rob. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, the model basically agrees here. I mean, I, the model's got it at uh, Stanford is a 14, I mean, 13-point favorite. Arizona is a one-point favorite, which I think is a little low. ASU is a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, I mean, even with two of these games being at home, this is going to be pretty tough for uh, pretty tough for the Bruins. Are there any interesting spots, Max, in those three games, or are they just kind of down the line, you know, head-to-head matchups? Uh, I'm pretty yeah, – at least out of the spots that I had circled, I didn't flag anything with UCLA schedule. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. I know, I know you looked through those pretty carefully – um, but I was about to say, yeah, no, you, um, Rob, Baderank is a lot more bull, or is a lot more bearish on on the Bruins than I am. So for this, I have Stanford as a field goal favorite at UCLA. Uh, I have the Bruins as a four and a half point favorite over Arizona, and I have Arizona State at eight points favorite over UCLA. And just if, if you're listening for the first time, Max went like 63% against the spread on all games, all Pac-12 games, not just the ones he liked. Um, so like the numbers that you liked were significantly higher than that, which was pretty impressive. So um, it'll be really interesting to see what happens with this UCLA team. I, I thought we were all on the same page with them. So that's that's good to see. I always like uh, uh, to see what happens during the games. Let's move to, let's see, uh, the next three are at Colorado. Then UCLA has a bye. They have Utah at home and at Oregon State. And Hithliday, taking a look at these three games, this is kind of where I think um, Colorado or UCLA should, in theory, try to get their act together. But, man, um, just I, I think it really depends on how that locker room is. I, I just – I don't know. I see I see them at least dropping one of these. Uh, I am losing all three of them. Um Actually, uh, of this middle six games, I think, you know, they lose. I think they definitely lose at Arizona State. And then it's five games, you know, uh, uh, Utah, Stanford, Arizona, Oregon State, Colorado. I think they win one of them. Uh, Don't ask me which one, but, you know, I, I think they're one in five in their middle six games. A lot to celebrate in Pasadena going into Wazoo, where... Who knows? Who knows what happens in that game? And then they finish out with, with what I think is going to be two losses, which is USC at home and at Cal. Rob, what are the numbers with that Washington State game? Because that that one's going to be super bizarre. That that one's going to be on at like eleven thirty at night on Pac twelve Network, and one of us is going to have to watch it. Oh no! Like last year, where I like had to flip back over to the game in Wash, you know, in the Palouse. Oh, that's right. That one was the, fun. What the yeah. heck is going on <laughs> last year? <laughs> um yeah it's baterick has washington state as a seven and a half point favorite in this game um and i i think even with the troubles that's somewhat somewhat fair <laughs> um that washington state might have i i think that, that washington state has a smarter coaching staff with the hires that they've brought in uh, bringing in wyoming's defensive coordinator um, and Rolovich may not have the personnel right out of the gate, but I expect them to not suffer terribly at the hands of UCLA's defense in that game. So looking at the season win totals here, Max, you have uh, Jersey has it at six, uh, again, with some juice on the under six at minus 137. Vegas has it as five and a half with the juice on the over minus 150. So you got to pay a lot to get that number. Um, the under is plus 130. I like the under here. I, I just do. I don't know if it's a screaming value. There's some other ones on this board that I like a little bit better, but I, I would definitely sprinkle a little bit on the under and I might go for the, <laughs> I might go for the five and a half one to get a little bit of juice there. What do you think? So I am clearly the most optimistic of the bunch on UCLA, but I don't even know if that's saying that much because I still have them. I have 3.68, uh, Pac-12 wins versus 5.32 Pac-12 losses, and with the first three games, even even if UCLA, I, I, even if they go two and one, um, which I, I think that they, I, that's that would be my best guess. In order to lose that uh, New Jersey sixth, UCLA has to finish with a winning record in the regular season, and even as optimistic as I am to you guys. 
with my numbers, I, I can't, I can't, it's, it'd be really tough for UCLA to finish with seven wins. So I'll, I'll take the safety net of six and I'll go under six minus one thirty-seven. day What do you got here with UCLA? There's no way they're getting to six. It's not going to like, give me a break. Uh, you know, I, like I said, I have not done a lot of film study on UCLA. If, uh, if I had, I would go with the courage of my convictions and that would be the, uh, I think of all the, the win totals that we've been presented from, from New Jersey and Nevada, I think hammering the under six, uh, for UCLA, uh, is the best bet on the board. Um, uh, I, I think they get to three wins and at least one of them is in a game that they shouldn't win. Uh, don't ask me which one it is because by nature, you know, you can't predict the games you're supposed, you're not supposed to win, but, uh, you know, somewhere in there, you know, the, they'll, they'll beat Wazoo at home, you know, something like that. Um, uh, you know, they'll beat New Mexico state, uh, they'll beat Wazoo at home and I, I don't know, they'll beat I don't know, Arizona at home and, and we'll be surprised that they got one of those wins. <laughs> Rob, what are you on the record for here? Beta ranked has them at 4.8. I mean, I think that's pretty fair. <laughs> like I think, I think five is five is like their, their, their ceiling. Okay. UCLA fans that make you depressed. Let's talk about Colorado here where Jersey has the uh, C- Jersey and Las Vegas has the season win total at three, three freaking wins. Say, I was about to say, speaking of depressed, <laughs> really, really oh. rough. This is like Oregon state last year where we were just like, Oh my gosh. Um, what, uh, what a number for Colorado and new coaching staff, Hithliday, uh, new quarterback, new wide receivers, the one thing that was interesting on my end was that they do keep most of their offensive line, and uh, and that's about it. They lose most of their secondary, including uh, Mikhail Onu, who was the transfer from I think it was SMU, who um, came in with some uh, some accolades. Uh, Davian Taylor, who I thought was really fun, is gone. He was the that hybrid safety offensive linebacker, uh, offensive linebacker, outside linebacker. So I'm reading my own notes here, um, and will likely go somewhere in the draft. They do return Mustafa Johnson, but really just uh, kind of a mess here all over up and down the roster and uh, Carl Durrell leading the helm. What say you about Colorado? How optimistic are you? Um, I, I don't think Colorado is going to be a cupcake as, uh, as Max has said, uh, but I think only barely that, uh, you know, the, the thing that's, the thing that makes figuring out Colorado difficult is I think their defense should have been better than it was last year, but they were just really wrecked by injuries, particularly uh, Mustafa Johnson um, being injured. Uh, like I actually kind of like Mustafa Johnson and Terrence Lang uh, uh, in the middle of their line. Um, and I like Nate Landman uh, as their inside linebacker. Um, I, I like some of their uh, defensive backs, although you're right, they lose almost all of their defensive backs. Um, but a lot of those defensive backs were injured. And so the backups, you know, KJ Trujillo and McKee Blackman and Chris Miller had to get a lot of reps. So they're returning some experience there. Uh, Mark Perry, I should have said too. Um, so, you know, on the other hand, they've got Tyson Summers, despite the staff changeover, they bring back Tyson Summers as the D.C. who, you know, the last time we saw Tyson Summers, Tyson Summers, he was running Georgia Southern into the ground. Um, so uh, I, I kind of have a hard time figuring out what to think about Colorado's uh, defense. Um but, you know, but their offense, they're just losing just way too much on the offense. You're right that they bring back most of their offensive line, but they lose their center and their left tackle, who were probably their best offensive linemen. They lose their quarterback. They lose their uh, both of their dynamic receivers, LaVisca Chenault, and actually more productive for them, Tony Brown, um, on a per play basis anyway. Uh, um, you know, I just don't. Uh, yeah, I, I don't see him. I don't see them recovering from the coaching staff loss and the offensive personnel staff loss uh, gracefully. So, Max, you mentioned that you thought they were cupcake level. Uh, how many wins cupcake level? Are we talking one or two? Or are we talking like three? And yeah, good for you guys, Colorado. Let's uh, pack it up for next season. I have Oregon power rated four touchdowns better than Colorado on a neutral. I think I that's mean, fair. I just- I just, I just, but that's, a, and, and yeah, exactly. That's fair because Colorado is going to be that bad. So just looking at my PAC 12, uh, conference record, uh, projections, 
I had Colorado at 0.87 Pac-12 wins and and uh, 8.13 Pac-12 losses. The, so the, I think the I think that I really think that this is going to be a train wreck season. The thing that's di- difficult too about Colorado is their schedule is absolutely brutal, right? Yeah. Like they they get uh, they have to play Oregon, Washington, and USC. They don't get any of the three, in my opinion, top teams in the conference off um and they have to play texas a&m which was a top 30 team last year in college station like their four toughest games three of them are on the road um and i don't think they're beating oregon on Folsom field uh you know like and and they don't have oregon state either and that's yeah yeah so so yeah it's just it's a brutal draw um for colorado and and even though i you know i i sort of believe in them a little bit uh you know uh, uh, in terms of not being a cupcake or not being a total pushover i think you're gonna have to work in order to beat colorado you you might actually break a sweat um that 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 schedule just just craters the win totals for me rob what what does baterink have the line on that texas a&m game Oh man, so Baderank really likes the Aggies coming this year. They return a ton, um, and of course they've recruited pretty well. So they like the the wins and losses may not be there because they're in the SEC West. Uh, but Baderank has them at number seven in the country coming into next year. Um, it's got Colorado at number eighty-two. It has A and M favored by twenty-four point three three. That's the stuff. That's the stuff. And it's I got it's got it's got Colorado as with a .02 win probability. <laughs> Were you gonna say Max? Give me the Aggies minus twenty four all day. <laughs> uh, well, like so, so they open the gate. They open the season at Colorado State, and we were just talking about kind of what a mess that program was. And then they have Fresno State, so it'll be really interesting to see what uh, what Beta Rank has for those two. Also, Rob. So Baderink has that Colorado State game is basically a toss up. Um, I don't like the. I don't think the returning production numbers have really been updated. Um, I mean, we'll sort of see. Like Colorado State looked like they had a lot coming back um, when when I had the when I got the file put together. Uh, it's got Colorado as a three and a half point favorite over Fresno, um, but it'll be interesting to see um, you know Fresno State on this because they have the new coach. Um, I, I think Fresno State should be offensively much more innovative. They brought over Indiana's offensive coordinator than they've been in the past. I mean, we'll see. I think that game could end up being a little tight. Um, you know, we'll sort of see there on that one. Does anybody have Colorado winning two games in their non-conference schedule? Uh, I do. I think they're going to be – I mean, they always beat Colorado State. I mean, it's like set your watch to it. And uh, I don't believe in Fresno State after Jeff Tedford. Okay. So two and one. Um, let, let's say that's the most optimistic. I mean, obviously they're not going to beat Texas A&M. So that would just put them one Pac-12 win, guys, uh, <laughs> possibly, into at least tying. And so their schedule after their non-conference, they have Oregon at home. And then they go on a bye. They go to Arizona and then they have UCLA at home. I think those I mean, like there there are some games that in a vacuum it's possible they can win. Are any of those three those games max? Uh UCLA UCLA would be the closest, but I still have UCLA as a seven point favorite in that game oh right. like that's like i, I like colorado i'm talking colorado yeah just total cupcake level for me rob what what does a beta rank have at that game so it's got colorado as a one point favorite at home um but the model doesn't see colorado's coaching change um and I, I mean the reason i'm probably a little more bearish on colorado too is, is chiaverini's taking over the offense again he's stunk yeah as a play caller um they lose everything and then they bring back the guy that really did not work out at all two years ago when we got to see this movie before um yeah it's that's a tough one like i think if they do have a a win in there it's it's ucla okay uh the next three games are arizona state at usc and then they have washington state at home as well which could be another one of those games where you know it's possible that they get that win Uh, hifliday what do you think about their chances against wazoo uh, they're going to lose. Oh, 
<laughs> in which case like they probably finish out the season I mean they could finish out the season with six straight losses I mean oof uh, yeah. yeah it seems like there are two coin flip games there's actually four there's a lot of coin flip games for them that like people like that I think those Colorado State game in Fresno like I have trouble seeing them winning Colorado State Fresno and UCLA I mean, all three of them. The one thing with them, so that's like, the tough thing. And like you, they they finish out their their schedule at Stanford, at Washington. Those are both losses, and then they have Utah um, later in the season, which is not the. If you want Utah, you probably want Utah at the beginning. We'll get to Utah after this. Um, I guess the one bullish case for them is it's not like they're a Division two school. I mean, like there there is some talent on the roster. Like you mentioned, Hitler Day, Nate Landman, Terrence Lang, Mustafa Johnson are pretty good. Um, God knows what's going to happen in their secondary. Um, and goodness knows who their quarterback is. They only have two scholarship quarterbacks right now on the roster. And I know that listening to Freeball last year, like they were not big <laughs> on the backups uh, to mm-hmm. uh, uh, to the the Red Baron himself. And we didn't really see them uh, on the field often, uh, but they do have a running game. I don't know. I, like three is really I, I low. I, I'll, I'll put it this way. Their best outside of the non-conference, their best uh, chance for a win has got to be at home, right? You, you can't like them in any of their road games. Uh, they get Oregon at home. We've already written that one off. Here are their four conference home games. Utah, Arizona State, Washington State, UCLA. I think they get maybe one you know and that's with me as a noted colorado homer you know i've been talking about like i don't think they're a pushover i i think the schedule is brutal enough that you know they come in with three three wins and and they'll be glad to get have the third taking a look at the juice here on these like i'm gonna take the over just because like why not? Um, but I'm not betting this. Like, this is a big stay away for me. And the juice on both sides aren't helpful. So the Jersey juice, if you want to take the over three, it's minus 137. So you're giving away basically 60% uh, almost of your, I'm sorry, you're giving away about 40% of your takeaway take money. And then um, if you want to take the under, it's plus 110. So they're not really incentivizing you to take the under. Same thing with the Vegas odds. You're minus 120. So you're not giving away as much, but it's still minus juice to take the over on a team that isn't good and then the under is even odds so i just like it's an interesting team to to talk about but max like will you be betting any money on this uh season one total uh yeah colorado's not winning four games like i will eat a buffalo an entire one in one set of <laughs> um, i'll take i'll take colorado under three plus 110 now now i want the over under on how much buffalo you can eat (laughs) (laughs) okay all right we got one over um or we got one one over on my end we got one under like i would say like for me like i think the most common win occurrence for me would be colorado two wins two and ten so hithliday are you uh would you wager any money on this if if you were forced to if the line's three i'm staying away from it um it, it if the line's four, I would think about taking the under. Um, I actually have a hard time seeing them only winning two games. They're like, you know, Max and I have just been disagreeing about this all pack podcast long. I, I I think they're not a cupcake level. I have a hard time seeing them only winning two games. Uh, I think three is pretty much perfect. Kind of like how I said Arizona's like five is perfect for them because I can't see them losing more or winning more. I sort of think three is perfect for Colorado. Okay. And then Rob, what do you got? Final say here. No, I mean three. Three's on the money. Like Baderang's got him at three point four three, and I I think that they're worse than the projection. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's close this one out here. Let's go to Utah, and I know like the majority of our fans Speaking are. Speaking of worse than the projection. Hey, oh, all right. You're not the right. only one who can do segways. Uh, 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 uh. Um. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. 
This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Okay, so we look at Utah. I think there's going to be some disagreement here. We're replacing the quarterback, replacing the running back. They have some pretty good pass catchers that are returning that we can talk about. But And the, and the majority of their offensive line, which was not good last year, returns. But And was young, to be fair. Um, but really, the story is on the defense. They're returning the majority, or they're losing the majority of their defensive line. Uh, Bradley and A, Leaky Fotu, um, Francis Bernard, who who I thought was actually pretty good at linebacker. I'm curious what you think here, Hithliday. Uh, but all of the secondary is gone. Julian Blackman, Terrell Burgess, Jalen Johnson, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I'm, I, I thought last year you, that was Utah's time to shoot a shot. And it did, and it, and unfortunately, it didn't go. They didn't go as far as I was. I was hoping that they would, and I think this is a whole refresh for them. And the season win total is eight in New Jersey and eight and a half in Vegas. I think that's way too high. I'm I'm really not as bullish on Utah as I think most people are. I'm curious what you think, Max. Yeah. So for Utah, I have their projected Pac-12 record at. 5.66 conference wins and 3.34 uh, conference losses. And, I mean, they're non-conference. Uh, they play BYU, and that's at home. They go to – I mean, Wyoming's not good, but they but it's still it's still a road non-conference game. I still think Utah should take care of business. Um, but I would say that I would have Utah at around, like, eight-ish wins. So I would take the under at eight and a half. Eight wins is it just seems and we'll go through game by game here. But Hithliday, when you're looking at Utah this year, I mean, my goodness, replacing like that was a good secondary. And I thought their defensive line when they came up against really elite talent, it was kind of a problem. But for the most part, they were they were really solid and replacing their entire front line. Um, this just and I, I like the coaching there. I think it's a program that's always been in the right direction. But Man, it just seems like they are going to have to do a lot to get back to a level um, that was pretty close to where they ended up finishing. Um, I don't know. What do you think about Utah this year? I agree with you, Brian. I think they're going to take a big step back. Um, the uh, I still have about eight wins being appropriate for them because their schedule is super duper soft. They uh, did not challenge themselves at all in the non-conference, and um, they uh, uh, they get a couple of uh, their pretty much their toughest games are, are at home. Uh, they get Washington USC both at home. They miss Oregon from the North, um, and Stanford sort of who knows what the value of that is. Um, uh, so yes, I, I think it's a total reset on the defense. Um, and, uh, and they might be, get, uh, some decent quarterback play. They have some good options. Uh, they're both transfers. Um, and, uh, and frankly, you know, the biggest unsolved mystery for me is, um, they're returning a ton of production at wide receiver, and yet the teams that beat them, uh, uh, USC and Oregon and Texas, the way that they beat them was playing cover one and just totally disrespecting their wide receivers. It's uh, it's a mystery to me because I don't really understand, despite doing a ton of film study on Utah and calling almost every aspect of the, of the Oregon-Utah game correctly, the thing that just baffles me is how Utah was able to be so productive with their wide receivers, despite the fact that demonstrably defenses don't think much or good defenses anyway, don't think much of their wide receivers. So I'm not sure what to think about, um, you know, the, the, the spot at which they are strongest at returner might not be a lot of talent, kind of like the offensive line question. Um, I do think they have some very good tight ends though. And they have an offensive coordinator, Andy Ludwig, who loves him some tight ends. So, uh, you know, if I had a prop bet to offer for the pack, 12 would be that uh you know utah will lead the conference in tight end receiving yards yeah you gotta get something here rob i don't know what do you think of this utah team yeah i mean like i think this utah team is gonna is struggle like the they're 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 replacing a ton uh i mean everybody on the defense um and and the offense is going to take a little while to gel right like i mean i i i, I think if you could make the whole team like you know the whole offense out of Britton covey it'd be something to see um but 
you know, I don't know that they're going to be able to, to get away with it, like uh, in the way that they were last year. Um, you know, and I think last year that they were able to deflect sort of some of it, how bad the offensive line really was with, with Moss. And I think they're going to struggle with that. And that Wyoming game could be interesting. I mean, like that could be a rock fight. Like what the Craig bowl has had some very good defenses, um, you know, in his time at Wyoming and uh, that, that game could be, could the, like that early in the season for Utah putting, you know, really trying to get its offense going together. Um, that could be, that could be a low scoring, unwatchable mess. I hope. Wyoming won or they beat Missouri last year in Laramie. So, I mean, they, they definitely can beat a power five team at home. Yeah, I mean, it's not like the days where like where Utah was in the whack and like, or the mountain West and used to go to Wyoming regularly. And like the altitude's not going to be, you know, overwhelming, but I mean, 7,200 feet is still a little, it'll, it'll make you catch your breath. <laughs> <laughs> well, taking a look at their non-conference schedule here, they have BYU at home. Montana State, and like you mentioned, Rob, at Wyoming. And um, what what does Baderink say about that BYU game, and what does it have that Wyoming game at? So Baderink has the BYU game, uh, Utah at 6.5, uh, 6.67. Uh, the Wyoming game is basically 9.5, 9.61. Um, yeah, I mean, it, they have a pretty – I mean, they have, they have games that they should win um absolutely but like it like it's like it's going to be interesting to see this offense and this defense sort of try to gel in a way um because utah can even though like utah i can't remember the last time utah played a challenging non-conference game well they, they're, they're suckers for going to places that they don't need to go they went to dekalb or dekalb uh illinois oh, last yeah. year, northern illinois another another at laramie it'll be interesting to see where they go next time um, what, what does Baderank have BYU projected as? Like, what, where are they ranked this year? Because I think 62. that's a game. Oh, 62. Ah, I think that's a game they could lose. I mean, last year, you had one of the best teams, or maybe it was two years ago. Uh, Utah has been really solid the last couple of years. And um, if I recall, and catch me if I'm wrong they here. They struggled with BYU the last two years. Yeah. And, they and come back and win both times, really. Like, they... So the other year, it was just that they were, you know, two years ago, it was just they were face planting, you know. Um, but last year, they struggled to handle um, BYU's quick pass game in the first half. Um, I was listening to that game as I was driving back from watching UCLA totally crap the bed against Cincinnati. Um, yeah, they, they had to make they had to make some serious halftime adjustments to be able to slow that BYU offense down. Max, do you think there's a scenario where they come or Utah comes out of their non-conference schedule two to one? Uh, you know, I think there's a chance. I mean, it mainly I'll be rooting for them to go three and zero because that that fourth game is a home run spot uh, for their opponent, especially if Utah goes three and zero. Oh yeah, I think Cal. I'm, I'm all over Cal on that game um, because mm-hmm. that game, that Cal game, it's Utah's second straight road game. It's Cal coming off a bye, and it's Utah still in the early part of its season where it's replacing all of that production. So I, I think that Cal. That's an amazing spot for the Golden Bears. Yeah, that's a good that's a good call there. Um, Hithliday, let's let's add the Cal game in there as well. No buys on those four games. What do you have the record coming out of uh, those four? Um, I think they're going to sweep the non-conference. They, I mean, yes, they have had some interesting uh, games against BYU, but they're on a nine-game winning streak, um, and. Uh, uh, you know, Cal's the interesting game. Um, I, I, I have evinced some skepticism about Cal. Um, I, you know, pretty much the entire case for Cal is built on their returning uh, production percentage being very high. It's one of the highest in the country. Um, but what they actually, what Cal actually returns is, you know, has been pretty mediocre, and and the starters that they're returning don't have an excuse, you know, because it's the same guys. Um, so I, you know, it's an interesting game. Uh, I think it'll tell us a lot about both of these team seasons. Um, I, I'm going to give Cal the win because it's at home. Uh, but that's pretty much the only reason. I, I think it'll be a tight game. The next three games here would be USC at home, at Wazoo, and then Washington before their bye. Max, what do you got the record going into those three? So, oh, and but and I guess I should. Uh, Cal actually, I had as a four and a half point favorite in that game. 
USC in Salt Lake. I think I already went over it, but I have uh, USC as a four-point road favorite. Uh, at Washington State, I have Utah as a one-and-a-half-point road favorite. And then Washington, I have as a eight-point home favorite. So I, I think... Like I, I would, I would say one and two at best for those games. But the what I, I could definitely see zero and three. I would be shocked if um, Utah comes out of that slate with five wins. That's that would be asking a lot of them. Um, and then you go back in, into the the other part of their schedule where it does lighten up a little bit. Um, oh, 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 no, 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 wait, wait, no, I screwed up. Um, the Washington, sorry, no, the Washington game I thought was in Seattle. No, my bad. Uh, no, the Washington game I actually have as a pick 'em for Utah. Oh, really? So, yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh man. I'm I'm pretty. I'm. I feel like I'm pretty low on Washington. Uh. Um. But yeah. So actually, so for that, I actually, yeah, I think I think Utah. I still think that they win one game in that stretch. With yeah, so definitely not. Yeah, like if they if they like zero is still a possibility, but I'd be I'd be relatively surprised. One seems right to me. For this, I agree with Max. It's what I penciled in for these three as well. Don't ask me which one is going to be a win, but they're going to win one of Washington, USC, and Wazoo. Um, I, I mean, my place is probably Washington at in Salt Lake. Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, it's weird that when I was just penciling it in because I had to pick. Uh, uh, I, I picked them to beat USC um, for no real good reason other than as the stat you mentioned, Max, that like the home team always wins that game and, and USC is just convinced they can't win on Friday nights on the road. Um, I think they're going to lose to Washington. They should have lost to Washington last year. Um, you know, I really felt like Washington gave that game away and then like they'll lose in Pullman for no good reason because uh, it's the Pac-12. That's how I got it. <laughs> The next games we have on the schedule are after the bye, they have a game at UCLA. Then they go, they have Arizona at home and Oregon State at home. And this is where I think the, you know, the, the momentum happens, the team's starting to get itself put together and all that stuff. Um, I think they at, at least they go two and one out of this. What do you think, Max? Yeah, so I have them as a 13 and a half ish against Arizona uh, or home against Arizona, Oregon state. I have 19 ish and at UCLA, uh, Utah four and a half point road favorite. So, I mean, I, I think Arizona and Oregon state uh, that, that should be a cakewalk in both games. Uh, even though, I mean, I, I still, I, I still kind of like Arizona, even though they're, yeah. they're that big. I, I would, for me. I don't think that game I would, is a okay, so I, I guess maybe not, but I, I, I still think Utah should take care of business in both those games. Uh, the at UCLA game is interesting to me. I, I know that everyone on this podcast is really sour on UCLA, but I don't, and, and, and granted, I mean, the, the thing though, with that game is that's Whittingham off a of buy and Whittingham with extra time is usually pretty money. So, I mean, in, in that three-game stretch, I think if there is any game that Utah is vulnerable, it'd be at UCLA. But I would say that they probably come out of that. Uh, uh, they come out of that stretch three and zero. Rob, what are the numbers on UCLA and Arizona? So Beta Rink's got them at eleven point four favorite over the Bruins. Um, it's got them at ten and a half over Arizona. Last three games at AS or last two games. At ASU and at Colorado, I think we could chalk up the Colorado game as a win. What is that ASU-Utah line, Rob? Uh, Batering's got a 3.5. Who's favorite? Uh, favorite for the Utes. Oh, on the road. Okay. Ooh. What do you got, yeah. Max? I have Arizona State point five. I know the back end of the schedule is pretty weak sauce. I just – I, I want to – I'm, I'm going to take the under – eight and a half. I just think that this team is not, it's going to take a while for them to gel. And uh, by the time that they get to the end part of the schedule, they're going to be, it's going to be really difficult for them to make up the eight and a half, but I might be the only one here on the under. What do you think? What do you think? Hithlade? 
the problem is the schedule is just so weak. And, you know, you have simultaneously the team that's probably taking the biggest step back in the Pac-12 and also probably the weakest schedule. Like, here's a pop quiz for the group. Which uh, 2020 Utah opponent won the most games in 2019? Oh, the people they're playing. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, it, well, God, are was we, it, are we was it Wyoming? <laughs> nope, it was not Wyoming. They won eight wins. Are you counting Montana State? Montana State is the winner with 11 oh. wins going into the playoffs. <laughs> their their schedule is just bad. Um, it, uh, it's very soft. Um, uh, so, you know, even though I think they're taking a significant step back, um, you know, I have them winning their last five games after the bye. You know, the the toughest one is at Arizona State. That's one's probably something like a coin flip. But you know, if they win that coin flip, you know, they finish on a five game win streak. Uh, and, you know, and they finish, you know, either eight and four or nine and three, depending on how the Arizona State game goes. Um, it, it's just it's charm and soft, man. Max, what do you, what do you got here? Uh, so I, I mean, so, uh, like I said before, I have Utah 5.66 PAC 12 wins, 3.34 PAC 12 losses. I think, I think eight would probably be my best guess for how Utah finishes eight and four. So I would, I would lean. Yeah. I would, I'd lean the under, I don't know if I'm, I have a strong enough conviction to bet it. Yeah. Reg- um, and regular juice on all the unders and over. So everything's minus one ten right now. Yeah, because I mean, it, they have a, they have an easy schedule. They have one of the best coaching staffs in the Pac-12. They have the best home field advantage in the conference. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd, I'd I'd lean under, but not enough to bet it. I think. Rob, final say. What do you got in Utah? I mean, I I've got them at like eight point one four and five point seven two in conference. I mean. This was last year they had the easy schedule and they cashed in with all the returning production. This year they have the easy schedule and they, I guess you could say they get to sort of cash in with, you know, everybody that they're missing. But yeah, I don't, if, I mean, if I had to pick, like I, I'd take the under on eight and a half. Okay. Real fast to sum up, what would be the best bet for you in the PAC 12 South or best bets? Like things that you definitely want to put some money on max. Uh, well, it's too bad because my two favorite bets are actually in the Pac-12 North. <laughs> um, but for these, uh, I would do, uh, even though it's high juice, I would do Arizona State under eight. There's no way they win nine. Um, I, uh, UCLA under six. Again, that's high juice. But I like having that safety net of six. Like, same deal with Arizona State with eight. Like, even with the high juice, just having another round number that you can push on that you can't lose on really helps a lot. Uh, Colorado under three at plus juice. And yeah, those would be the three I would take. And then I would lean, uh, under for, um, what am I missing? Oh, under for Utah, eight and a half USC. I'd go over eight, um, at minus one thirty, but I wouldn't bet that just because that schedule is really brutal. And then you also have the Clay Helton factor. And then Arizona for me was a stay away because I think, I think five is right on the money. Um, and, and then the four and a half, that minus minus one sixty juice was way too high. Okay. Mithliday, anything, any best bets out of the Pac-12 South here? I think the best is uh, under uh, for UCLA. Um, again, I'm not really an expert on UCLA, so maybe I'm, um, you know, Max has the, the better of that argument, but still, even if Max is right about them being a better team than, than I think they're going to be like, there's no way they're getting to six. So, uh, that one looks pretty tasty to me. I got to say, I think the rest of these look about right. Um, and I probably just stay away from them. Rob, what do you got? I mean, I'd definitely take the under on UCLA. That's the, that's the, the big shiny, obvious one. Um, and then I might, I might take the under on ASU. Like, I mean, the schedule eases up a little bit, but, um, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of the other hires at OC and defensive coordinator. So, okay. I will take the under at ASU, the under, let's see, um, the under eight with ASU 
the under six with UCLA, and I actually like the under eight and a half with Utah. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna plant my flag there, see what happens. Um, that won't, and, and I'm with you both. Of you guys, I think that the Pac-12 North, which is what we're going to preview uh, next week, is where the values are. So stay tuned. Uh, Hithliday, thank you for coming on, man. We appreciate it. This was a marathon, and um, and you stood with us the whole time. It's been a half marathon. We still got 13 and a half to go for the North. <laughs> you know it. Uh, Rob, thanks for joining on. Uh, joining a- anything anything really important to announce? No, there's there's nothing to announce. Nothing is happening. Nothing like, ever. I, I, if, if I get a new schedule file because we've rescheduled all these games, I'll, I don't know, I'll, I'll update the dates on Sharp College Football. How about that? Yeah, there we go. Uh, Max, thanks for joining uh, joining us. Anything from uh, William Hill that you want to, you want to plug? Yeah, I mean, if if you guys or if anyone in our audience loves NFL draft props, uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, there are a lot of Pac-12 players uh, on the board, uh, including like a draft position over-unders. Will they be drafted in the first round? Uh, there's a Pac-12 prop. How many uh, Pac-12 players will go uh, in the first round? Uh, Justin Herbert's definitely been a lightning rod for uh, prop betting as well. So, yeah, uh, I mean, I... I yeah, I, I just think NFL draft should be a lot of fun. Nice. When is draft day? Uh, this upcoming Thursday. All right. Look out for William Hill. Nice. Some nice sleazy props up there. Um, guys, thank you for coming on. And everybody, we will catch you next week with the Pac-12 North season win totals. Um, and maybe do the that's North. what I figured you were doing. Yeah, it was, yeah. Uh, once once we were at 45 minutes and we were halfway into ASU, I'm like, ah, oh, let's stick to the South here as we keep going. Um, so we'll, we'll do UCLA and finish up the South with the other two teams, and then um, and then we'll call you, it a day. You want to finish with Colorado? Save the best for last. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God! I think. Oh wait, no, we haven't done Utah yet. Sorry. Yeah, I might do Colorado. Oh, then we've only done three teams. <laughs>